Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. Um, so thrilled to be here. Uh, thank you um, all. What a great Sunday it is. It's nice to see everyone kind of starting to come back after the year that we've had. I was telling my wife that we began to attend the start of last year, which was a great time to start at a new church because then COVID happened and we all went to online and we knew no one. Um, And so this year is kind of that great new start, which is good. It's been a privilege um, to kind of um, be involved here and also to get to know Nathan as well. Uh, You will always know you connect well with someone when both of your dads served in the military uh, we were both essentially in the same in the same state, maybe at the same time, and just kind of how ev- ev- everything goes. Spent time on the West Coast, and then now in the South, and the same with him. So just thankful for you to be my friend, and so um, that's great. And today we're going to take some time to look at the uh, Psalms tw- twenty. Also, if you see Oscar around today, give him a hug and a high and a high five. He was ordained this week, and just a great thing. It's always fun to see people in-house, even if it's not like an official staff role, still called, as Nathan was saying, to help serve and love the church. I think it's also wise to thank all of the teams behind, behind the scenes for the, la- the last year that's put up these headlights uh, right in front here um, and helping stream stuff on Facebook and all those things. Like You guys have done a great job, and thank you um, for how well you've served. Now, as we look at at the psalm, I think it's important for us to know that one of the most important parts in our life revolves around prayer. Prayer is an indication of our desired involvement of God in our lives. I'll say that again. Prayer is an indication of our desired involvement of God in our lives. And today, we're we're going to look through the psalms as we have had a chance to do. And what I love about the Psalms is it gives us a framework um, that is appropriate and healthy of how to deal with the emotions that we face. The Psalms all throughout really gives us a great uh, framework to begin to wrestle with God in an appropriate way, um, but also in a very authentic and real way as well. And as we look at this Psalm in Psalm 20, Uh, What we find is that this psalm was a very interesting psalm. It was written as a request for God to grant them victory right before they went to war. Um, Kind of a fascinating uh, turn of events with that. But the the interesting thing is that many believe that this psalm was kind of a reciprocal psalm uh, between those who were there and then also the king. And so it was like, may the Lord do this. And then it was just kind of a back and forth, a prayer across the whole group assem- assembled there that God would pull through from them or for them as they went off to war. Now, I'm not here to announce that we're about to go to war, just to make it clear. Like we know that Christ came and he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and so he stands as our victorious king, but still we live in a world that is full of sin and COVID and sicknesses and wars and issues all around us, and so there's times at which we still need to have a a way to pray to God in an appropriate way um, for him to answer us and to move on our behalf. So as we kind of look 
And I must confess to you, the notes this week are awful. It's just one, two, three with like one dash on each. I am not as good as Nathan is with all of the like fill in the blanks and all. I am atrocious with that. And so um, I'll just say like this, it might be good just to throw in your own, own notes and things that you would prefer to write uh, down instead of what I may have put in there. But kind of the first point as we look at this psalm is uh, markers of surrender. We're gonna look at the first five ver- uh, verses and then kind of go back through them. So I'll just begin to read it. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress and may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. What a great way to start off a psalm with multiple requests for God to move. So if we just kind of look at the first two um, verses here, it's interesting to me as they start off, may the Lord answer when you are in distress. So it's not only are we praying and hoping for God to hear, but especially in times of distress. I don't know about you, but when you're in a moment of distress, or if you have to call 911, it's not a good day if it goes to voicemail, right? Like you're kind of like calling and it's ringing and it's ringing and it's like, I need help right now. And the same way can be true, especially as the people of God were going into war. It's like, Lord, as we're in distress, Lord, would you answer us? Would you have your ear inclined to us? And may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. So it's not only God, do you hear me when I'm in distress? Will you protect me? Will you help me in this time? And to not only have protection, but also help and support. And what we begin to find is that this is a prayer that's really like, God, I hope that you hear me, especially when all of the stuff hits the fan. I hope that you will protect me. Lord, I ask that you would help me and grant support to me. It sounds like a prayer that many of us have prayed at some point in our lives. At least I know for me. And then next, we kind of run into this part of this psalm where it kind of gets weird in a way because if we miss kind of the intent behind the words, it can become something that it's not meant to be. In verse four, it says this, may he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. And I have to admit, when I first read this, I'm like, I don't really know if the psalmist is intending for us to give God a list of all of the good things that we have done. Like we get like our our form each year at the end of the year for our tax time, and we have our giving receipt. We're like, hey, Lord, look at my sacrifices. Here's my time card from the time spent at church. Here's the times at which I was there to serve. Here's the time I helped an old person cross the street. Here's a time I didn't smack my kid in the face. Like, Lord, remember my sacrifices. But then it goes into that line, and and accept my burnt offering. So it's clear that this is not like a sacrifice of like, Lord, here's my list of why I deserve your help. It's more of in the lens of the Old Testament, when you would provide a sacrifice to God, it was to atone for your sin. Here, they're actually saying, Lord, recall my desire to live a righteous life to you. Lord, remember the times at which I may have sinned 
But Lord, I've sacrificed to atone for that sin. Lord, know my heart that I want to be in right relationship with you. Doesn't that read a lot different than Lord, like here's my list? It's more of Lord, as I pray, Lord, would you recall the fact that I want to live in right relationship with you? And Lord, I ask out of that, Lord, would you hear me? What we find, at least in this first part of the psalm specifically, is it's really a transparency that is found within this psalm. And I think what can occur in our lives, and I know for a time in mine it was the same way, where we would kind of, I would approach God with kind of a, a um, more of a nice facade of what I would hope God would want to hear, instead of the truth of what was actually going on in my heart. I don't know if that relates at all, but the times where we try to dress up our prayers to sound good and to sound like we have enough faith and we know, but there's also a point at which we need to have like a really transparent conversation with the Lord of exactly where we are at. I had a mentor in my life. He was a pastor. He's still around, thank God. Um, And he uh, was a pastor for almost 50 years. So definitely like a wise sage, if you will, like just a really smart person. In fact, when I was going through a season about a year and a half half ago, uh, well, actually two years ago this month, Um, When I was in a period of transition out of my last church and really just going through some mental health issues that also this month is Mental Health Awareness Month, if you're in a spot, get help. Get help. It does improve, but you have to reach out. So I was in a point, that's just a sidebar, back to the task at hand. I was in in a phase of life where I was really hurt, and this was a mentor in my life and I remember some of what he said to me when I, I was on staff at his church. And I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to have an edge here or trying to like, he would say, Brian, whenever you pray, get it all out. And don't be shocked if you cuss or something slips out that you're not expecting to because you're trying to dress it up for God. He goes, when you get to that point, you're actually getting to what's actually on your heart. We do ourselves no favors at all when we try to push that down and promote a facade to God. Why? Because he already sees what's there. He already knows what's in your heart. And hear me, he loves you anyways. His love is not made whole in your life based upon what you do for him. It's not the facade and the I'm here at church and look at how good I am and how well I serve. Not that any of those things are bad. That doesn't merit his love. He loved you before your heart was even open to what he has. And so it's okay to be open. Last year I was uh, going through, and again, I'm not trying to make this about me, but I think there's importance in sharing where you are at. Because I don't want to, well, look at how great I am now. No, no, no. Last year at the start of, COVID, which all, I know we're all sick of it. It's like the worst word to say. We're like, oh my gosh, can we just burn our masks and move on? Shut off the news. Like, let's just go. I will say the end is near. Thank God the end is near. And um, I'll also say, I'm, I'm not sure if we can still give to India, but I know that last week there was, we were making a push to help provide for real meals. It's really causing a lot of issues there. But last year, I had a job that was supposed to start. I was in a career change, trying to move out from a church role and find my income outside of the church, but still serve the church. And thanks to COVID, I had a job offer rescinded. 
And so we're going into a sickness. Everything starts to shut down. There's not a lot of work. And so there was kind of a transparency I had to begin to have with the Lord of what in the world is going on? This isn't fair. And the tendency I had was look at all that I did. I was on church staffs for almost a decade. Look at how well I served. But you had to kind of like push that to the side and just go, Lord, like, would you hear me? Lord, do you hear where I'm at? Lord, are you going to move? Would you grant me help? And so as we look at this next verse in verse five, it's with the mindset and the heart of right relationship with God that we, that we roll into verse four. It says, may he give you the desire of your heart, make all of your plans succeed. That's through the lens of the filter of right relationship with God. You can't ask God to bless your life unless he's the Lord of your life. Because our desires apart from him are innately selfish and revolving just around us. But yet when we actually have a filter because of our desire to live right with God, we can begin to trust that our desires that we now have in right relationship with him, we can begin to request, Lord, would you help me with this? Would you have favor with me? Lord, would you make my plan succeed? Lord, I place this before you. Would you help me? Verse five is great because it says, may we then shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. And then it ends with, and may the Lord grant all of your requests. May the Lord grant all of your requests. There's an author and was a professor at USC, but also a devout Christian um, and essentially teaching a a philosophy class from the lens of a Christian faith and really a person of faith at USC, like crazy that you can actually be salt and light wherever you find yourself in the world. Like who knew that the gospel works? But he has a quote that says, the first act of love is always the giving of attention. The first act of love. I'm not a parent, but I know with kids, sometimes they don't want the, just the um, provision. They also want your eyes. They want to be seen as they play. They want to get the applause. And the same way with God is that he, when we're asking and he gives us his attention, that's his love for us. But then the psalm moves on when it's begin to ground itself in what's real. Psalm 20, verses six to eight. And the tone begins to change from mays to no's, all right? So it goes from may the Lord, may he, may God, may we, to Verse six, now this I know, the Lord gives victory to his anointed and he answers him from his heavenly sanctuary. Sanctuary was found up above. Now he's starting to put himself in what's true and building his thoughts and his belief on a foundation of truth that I know that he answers me from his heavenly sanctuary and with victorious power of his right hand. Verse seven, I love, some trust in what? Chariots and some in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Verse eight, they are brought to their knees and fall. Who? The people that put their trust in earthly things are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. The fascinating truth with this psalm is it kind of starts with an uh, emotional request, right? Just kind of very like, Lord, like I'm just asking you to do all of these things. And then it switches gears into the, but this I know when I was going through some of the stuff with work and I eventually found two part-time jobs. So one, I shopped at Whole Foods 
um, for a company. So um, I shop for the rich elite in Green Hills, risking my very life and lungs to COVID for the wealthy elites of Green Hill. It was a service unto the Lord and unto those paying my checks. And then I also had to offload some trucks, um, which was a blissful thing. When you open up the back door of a semi-truck and you get smashed in the face with a wave of heat with a mask on. So that was a blissful uh, time. But I recall as I went into work, and this is gonna sound like I'm a hippie, which I might be, but I would begin to look at birds. And I would begin to look at the plants along the road. And I would begin to have that verse in my mind that if the Lord clothes the flowers of the field and he cares for the birds of the air, how much more important am I? Why am I concerned about this? And I remember it took my heart from like a, God, I need a job. I'm sick of these trucks, these masks, and having to sweat through my shorts. Like, Lord, I want something different. And as I would drive, I would just see these birds and I would see flowers. And it just really brought a remembrance of a foundational truth. And I think if we can go through our prayer time where we start with the authentic, transparent place in our heart and then transition into the trusting. But Lord, this I know. Lord, this I've seen you do. The people of Israel knew because they were all trained and taught what God did. He brought them out of oppression and from being slaves, brought them out, split a sea in two. They walked across and then they had no food. Oh, wait, we have God. He brings us food. He, lead, he led us. He helped us. We, and so all of a sudden, they're going, wait, you've done this before. So, Lord, we know that you can and that you hear us. It moves to a trusting piece. And I would like to, if you would allow me to, to kind of re, um, rephrase, if you will, verses 7 and 8. I'm not trying to, like, do a new trans that leads to a book deal, um, but more, I think it's because every other line is connected. I think it's good for us just to kind of hear the intention. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but they're brought to their knees and fall. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God and we rise up and stand firm. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I probably didn't serve and go into war. Um, not really my scene. I don't really want to do, to, do, to do that. But my dad did, and my grandpa did, and my uncles did. And I do know one thing about war is that the people with the bigger guns t t typically win. The ones with the more boats, people, bullets, they all win. But yet in this psalm, their hope is not in, Lord, look at all that we have, and this is why we'll win. It was we're actually gonna put our faith in God no matter what we see and no matter how many horses they have, we have God on our side. He's gonna be with us even when it seems like it's an impossible deal. And can I just say that's the same for us. But unfortunately, what we begin to do is we put our faith and our hope and our trust in things that can be shaken. And what happens is, is then we begin to feel very secure in life because we have a large amount in the bank but we all know that that can drop in an instant. Our whole system can go down. Some of us put our hope in a president and then things change and then all of a sudden we're shaken. Then we put our hopes into this or to that and all of a sudden we're beginning to put our hope in all of these things and God's saying, just put your hope in me, your trust in me. Things of this earth shake and if you put your life and build your life on things that can be shaken, you will fall. But if we put our hope, 
our faith, our trust in the name of the Lord our God. If we say, Lord, I trust you, even if everything is being shaken, Lord, I stand firm because of you. Lord, I desire to live right with you. And Lord, I desire to live this out and we're gonna ride this thing out. And I just love that. So the question becomes, Lord, do I trust you? Lord, do I trust you for a job? Lord, do I trust you for a kid or for a new kid, right? You're just like, Lord, someone take my old kid, right? Amen. You know, Lord, I trust you for this house. Lord, I trust you for this sale. Or Lord, I trust you, Lord, even though I may have lost a spouse or a loved one. Lord, do we trust him? through these seasons, or are we putting our hope in things that can be shaken? And then what happens is this. So we see that the Lord gives victory. We know that we can't trust in earthly things because you'll, you'll stumble and fall, but we can rise up and stand firm in the name, and then the, in the name of God. And then in verse nine, it just kind of ends with this thought. Right back at the start. Lord, give victory to the king and answer us when we call. I just think it's neat because we just went through, fun fact, you just read through a chapter of scripture in a day. We did it, pat ourselves on the back. We are doing some good things. But these nine verses are an amazing way for us to see a framework of prayer. Here in the psalm, they start off with requesting an answer from God. They state what they know, and then they end with, Lord, answer us, help us. I know there's been times in my life where I have prayed and it feels like the first two-thirds of that prayer is just venting and frustration and using the words, it's not fair, where are you, what in the world is going on. Sometimes a couple expletives slide into there and you're just getting it out and you're just like, Lord, what is happening? And then I don't know about you, but then there is kind of that time though, right, where we switch to wait a second, but Lord, I know that you provide for me. Lord, I know that you do this for me. Lord, I know that you're walking right with me. Lord, your presence is here. I met with a friend about a month ago, and we were talking because he um, essentially was saying, like, I feel really far from God, right? Like, we all have those times, and he was like, I just don't feel him, which I'm like, okay, like, we can't always trust on what we feel, but I hear you out. And I told him, and it is true, sometimes the Lord, and we don't know why, will remove the felt, his felt presence, but it doesn't change that he is present. And I think there's times at life when that felt presence, not his presence, but the felt presence of God can sometimes be removed. It really does expose how much do we trust him? How much do we trust him? And there's seasons in which, and I was told this by actually my wife's dad that was saying, in seasons of trusting, just wait till the next test because you have to trust for more and then for more and then for more. And it's not to like make you feel shamed. It's just we're on a journey of faith. Like we're going through this thing by faith and placing our hope and trust in the Lord. And so this psalm, the in the psalm, they go through and they remind themselves of exactly what is true, but then... Right there at the end, they end it the same exact way. Lord, give victory to the king. Lord, we really want to win this war. And we ask that you answer us when we call. Henry Nowen uh, has a quote that says this, through contemplative, or I, I would just say through thoughtful prayer, 
We can keep ourselves from being pulled from one urgent issue to the next and from becoming strangers, hear this, to our own heart and God's heart. Through contemplative prayer, through thoughtful prayer, we can keep ourselves from being pulled from one urgent issue to the next and then becoming strangers to our own heart and to God's. Sometimes we've been pulled by so many issues that we forget, Lord, am I even living right with you? And if you're in this room and you're in that spot, and listen, we all get there where we kind of wake up one day and go, what am I doing? Like my heart's far from him. I haven't even asked him about my plans. I haven't even invited him into this. I've been there. And you go, but Lord, I recognize that. Lord, I want to be drawn back to you. Lord, I want to know your heart for this. Lord, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Lord, I ask you for wisdom. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask for it. But the key is, once you receive it, actually, you do it. You don't just ask, Lord, are you sure? Can you just, like, give me, like, the second draft of that? No, it's like you ask for it, you receive it, you do it. I'm going to invite back up the band and... um, let the water baptism folks, there's gonna be some movement in the room. I've been instructed to tell you to get prepared, which is gonna be an, an awesome way to end this. And we're so thrilled to see as you make a choice to follow after Christ, to make him the Lord of your life. We're as a church here to support and love and uh, enjoy that decision with you. Whenever I um, teach I really find it of worth to connect sometimes if we're staying in the Old Testament for like most of it, to connect it to the new. Because my concern is, is that sometimes in our minds we can say, well, that was true for, for them, but now it's, you know, it's not the same. No, that's actually not true. Um, and the Apostle Paul would disagree with you. In the, in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, another prayer that is fantastic framework for us Do not be anxious about anything. If you're praying it, it means you probably are. Like, I don't want to be anxious about anything. I'm anxious, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm pulling out my hair. I'm going gray, like actually gray over this issue. Lord, don't, but I don't want to be anxious about anything. But in every situation, not just the big ones, in every situation, by prayer and petition, by praying and asking, We don't demand God to do anything. He's not here to serve us. We're here to serve him. So we ask him, we present our requests to him. And we we pray and we petition with thanksgiving, which is a right heart, not a selfish heart. And we present our requests to God and the peace of God, God's peace, which transcends, which goes beyond all that you know. And even all that can make sense will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Which means what? The situations you're facing today, God cares about it. And he sees where you might be anxious and maybe trying to take control. And maybe for some of us in the room, it's more of, Lord, like, I'm going to open my hands, request it, and Lord, I just ask and trust that you'd be faithful. Even if you don't, even if it doesn't go my way, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And as we present our request to God, listen, verse seven, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You know, there's a place you can get in your mind with the Lord and your heart with the Lord where you're just at peace. Reminds me of when he was in the storm, in the boat, asleep. Like, what are you doing at peace? 
didn't make sense. Everything was in the disciples freaked out. The Lord was at peace. Can guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Aren't you thankful that he gives us his attention? And he answers us. And he sees us. So there's none of us, I don't care the age you are or the seasons of life you're in or how long you followed the Lord. He sees you. He's walking with you. He cares for you. And through all of it, thick and thin, he's there. And so I'm going to uh, close with prayer. And then Nathan's going to kind of take charge and direct some of the um, baptism pieces. Um, but if you're in this place, and maybe you've just been wrestling with some things that you need to just turn from a wrestle to a request. And just ask the Lord and remind yourself of what's true, but don't be shocked if you end up right back to, Lord, I just need your help. So Lord, today we give you thanks, Lord, that you hear us. Lord, we give you thanks that your word instructs us and gives us a framework. Lord, to deal with our emotions, Lord, to deal with our requests and our frustrations and our concerns. And Lord, I ask, Lord, for each one in this room, Lord, and for those online, wherever they find themselves, Lord, would the peace of God that transcends all that we know, Lord, would it guard our hearts and minds, Lord, we present our requests, Lord, with a thankful and pure heart. Lord, ultimately above all, Lord, we wanna be in right relationship with you, Lord, we want whatever you have because, Lord, we trust you. Who else do we have but you, Lord? You're all we got. And we're in the safest place when we're all, when you're all we got. And we give you thanks, and it's in your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.